Okay, whatever music you just heard play um, that I got for free off of some music borrowing site is not the music that got us excited tonight. My name is Annalise, and uh, I am here with uh, the, the Minister of Destruction, the Vicar of Disaster, the greatest heel ever. It's the Reverend, it's the Rev- Reverend Emily the Raven. Hello, it is I. <laughs> and this is the first time we've gotten the chance to talk in over 10 years. And it's we're too talking. Long. It's way too long. And we're talking because we're both wrestling fans and something big happened tonight. And if I can, this is where you'll hear Living Colors intro to Cult of Personality. Because CM Punk is back. <laughs> Emily with the air guitar. So a little bit, a little bit about our us. Um, I think we've both been wrestling fans all of our lives, or pretty mm-hmm. much. And with lapses here and there, like I stopped watching in the '90s and didn't resume until about 2001. And then I kind of fell off a little bit after 2014, and came and kind of and kind of came back in late 2015 because women's wrestling started to be a thing in WWE. And the thing that made me fall off in 2014 was CM Punk leaving. What were your thoughts going into today's AEW? Because I'm I'm sure we're not the only people who were like, hey, let's sit down and record our thoughts and feelings about this. Yeah, you know, I really didn't know what to think for quite a while because I heard the rumors and I just thought, okay, these are rumors. Wrestling is full of rumors and dirt sheets. So I wasn't sure what to think, but... I thought, okay, this could be possible. And then I noticed that throughout the last few shows of AEW that they were really, um, the elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, were really trolling with some references to CM Punk. And then I noticed people were doing that on Twitter as well. And so I started to think, hey, this could either... Either this is going to cement them as heels forever <laughs> because they trolled CM Punk, uh, the the elite, um, and he didn't show, or this is real and they are like teasing us, you know. So that's kind of what was what's been running through my mind the last few weeks leading up to this. I was worried that this was going to be a repeat of Chicago in 2014 all over again. Mm. Um, and if you've never seen this, it's one of the best things Paul Heyman's ever done because there are all these rumors going around that CM Punk was going to return after his suspension to a Chicago home crowd welcoming. And there were people who were confirming this to the dirt sheets. People in WWE were confirming this was going to happen. And of course, it didn't happen. But Call to Personality plays, the Chicago crowd goes wild, and out walks Paul Heyman, who delivers mm. an excellent promo get the crowd pissed off at him and turns mm-hmm. out to be a great show. I was half expecting that, especially with how long they waited for Punk to walk out. So oh. 
Rampage opens up. Cult of Personality plays. And it's just enough time to make you doubt what you're about to see. And out comes CM Punk. He walks down the aisleway. He dives. He He's in Chicago. He does a freaking Lambo leap into the crowd, which drives the security people mad. They yes. Were like, they were so concerned. <laughs> and it's like... I, I've I've said before I've said before that Jerry Lawler could run over a child in Memphis, and the jury would acquit him. I well, think no I think, comment on what he's actually done. Yeah, <laughs> I I think CM Punk in Chicago could could drive a school bus into Lake Michigan, and the jury might acquit him. I I think he's that over. I think he's that secure in the Chicago home crowd. And I think that it's going to be very hard for them to book because announced in this promo that Punk did, he's going to be doing a match against Darby Allen, who's also been teasing the the uh, CM Punk stuff by using the phrase best in the world over yes. and over again. So what were your thoughts on, on the reaction and the promo? Because we got some really good crowd reaction shots. It was amazing, and the and I am not someone who is necessarily like overly emotional about things, but I could feel like through the TV. I felt like I could feel like what was like the the energy that was there and the emotions that were there, and I mean, it was incredible. I just I have. I think with every everything else going on in the world, like I'm not sure that I have really felt excited in a while. <laughs> and I felt that. I felt that excitement just from this just from this event. So I mean, it was incredible to see how happy people were and moved and like men in the audience crying. And I mean, I was just like, this is this is amazing. There were so many good things to talk about, but the question that I, I want to ask is, when was the last time wrestling really made you feel joy? I mean, real, pure, unadulterated joy. And I know there's been some really great matches in the last decade. I have not been watching AEW because, Tony Khan, I know that you follow every single thing where someone is, is talking about your product because you are that in touch with what's actually going on. And if only Vince would do that, he would see my tweets calling him a dick. Um, <laughs> but Tony Khan, I've not watched your product because you don't have a streaming service and I don't want to pay for live TV because it sucks. Uh, I, I went and did a trial uh, to YouTube TV, which I canceled immediately after the show because I don't want to get charged 50 odd dollars for TV that buffers and stalls. Mm. Um, garbage sorry it is uh, but i am looking at slang because i kind of want to watch more aew and i kind of don't ever want to watch um raw or smackdown again and to to back this up the difference between what happened on aew rampage which is one hour show to what was happening on smackdown which was what i was watching before the difference in reaction and the way in which the fans were into it was huge 
I mean, the fans on uh, over on SmackDown were actually quite into Roman Reigns versus John Cena because I know you haven't followed WWE for a very long time. They've actually managed to do like good things with Roman Reigns because they finally turned him heel. Mm. You know, when we've all been booing him for for half a decade, they're like, oh, maybe fans don't like him. <laughs> you think? Yeah, he's a really good yeah. heel though. He's yeah. a really good heel. Um, but we've already seen Reigns versus John Cena. We saw it a couple of years ago before John went off to Hollywood. We don't need to see it again. It's kind of boring. I was looking more forward to Finn, Bal- Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns, but of course I don't get that because we don't get to have nice things. Mm, yeah. yeah. Well, and if I can, if I can speak to your point about feeling joy with wrestling... I think that that's where, you know, I'm a very different wrestling fan because, you know, I got back into wrestling in the mid early 2000s uh, because I started watching um, Japanese wrestling. Which and, is the best. Yeah, which is absolutely fantastic. And then, you know, I, I, reluctantly but also excitedly started watching wwe when um daniel bryan and cm punk started really becoming prominent in wwe and then eventually i quit watching it and i went back to watching um new japan and just really absolutely loved kenny omega and and the bucks and have been you know, a huge fan of them for many, many, many years. And so when they announced that they were starting AEW, I, I just, I really felt that just like extreme happiness and joy. And it has been, I, you know, we have watched every episode of Dynamite. We've watched most of Dark. We've, we've watched most of Being the Elite, although, we paused it for a while because Brody Lee died and it was just too hard to watch it for us for a, for a little bit. But I think people who watched Rampage tonight who have never watched AEW and don't have that history of watching a lot of wrestling outside of WWE, what happened tonight is just a taste of what AEW consistently gives to fans. They create a engaging, moving, funny, exciting, just incredible show, and they deliver it consistently, week after week. I mean, you know, there are some weeks that it's not the peak because you can't have that every week, but it's always something that hooks you, doesn't insult your intelligence. And most importantly, calls itself professional wrestling because that's what it is. And that's why we're here and watching it. It's not yeah. sports entertainment. It's professional wrestling. And that's that's what you get in AEW. So if you are a fan of professional wrestling, that's where you can get it. And I mean, it just... Honestly, AEW has helped us get through this pandemic and every like being able to like have that and watch it. And I mean, we signed up for sling. I hadn't, 
uh, ever in my adult life had cable or any kind of, um, I mean, I had Netflix, but like I never wanted to have anything to do with television. And I was like, we got to get sling so we can watch AEW. And uh, I, you know, that's all we watch with it, but I, I'm glad it's there, but man, anyway, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm rambling. No. <laughs> See, for me, the last time I, the last time I felt this kind of moment of joy was WrestleMania 30. Mm. And you can go back and, and rewatch that moment where Daniel Bryan wins. Yeah. You know, both of them. Cause that's, that's the last time I, I really feel like WWE did a storyline proper and they only did it cause they were forced to do it cause they were going to bring Dave Batista back in to be the baby face that beats Randy Orton and, and, Batista said, no, don't do this. No, don't do this. No, don't do this. And they decided to do it anyways. And, you know, it just the, the kind of. And then there have been so many good things happening. But with the recent number of people that Vince and co release with mm. the, the terrible bad ideas to see Piper Niven, formerly Viper being treated as Eva Marie, a person who, who, who uh, okay, I've seen Eva Marie's videos. She works very hard. She tried very hard to, to be a good wrestler. She just doesn't have it. Yeah. And to, to pair Piper Niven, one of the top 10 women in wrestling, one of the best wrestlers on the planet, with Eva Marie as her, as her sidekick dewdrop is just disgusting. And, and they're doing it because she's fat. Oh, it's yeah, and it it really pisses me off. I mean, yeah. and and I'm that's sorry. just an example of what WWE does to basically all of the, a lot of the talent yeah, that they and have. And it's awful. So on, on I, I I turn on SmackDown tonight because I'm waiting for AEW to start. I don't really want to watch SmackDown, so I'm passively watching it while I'm playing Hearthstone. Um, and it, I I I come in on. Baron Corbin stealing the money in the bank, bank briefcase from Big E. As though that's a thing that makes sense with contracts. Two weeks ago or three weeks ago, John Cena just signed over Finn Balor's name to be in the main event of SummerSlam. That's bullshit. That's stupid. All of this is stupid. Um, and then you get to AEW Rampage and, and CM Punk walks out. It's emotional, it's powerful, cult of personality. On the way out as he's finishing his promo, the audience is singing it, people are crying, and the promo is so good because he says in 2005, he talks about Ring of Honor, he talks about leaving professional wrestling in 2005, and that from 2005 to 2021, he wasn't involved with professional wrestling because there is no professional wrestling in WWE and the rare occasions where you get to see professional wrestling in WWE, be it the, the NXT or NXT UK or the tournaments they've done, all of which are very good, but you don't get to see professional wrestling on the main roster and in the, mm. and, 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 and to see, to watch rampage, even though it's only an hour of AEW that I watched and I've watched some dark and some elevation. Um, and I think that I think that dark and elevation serve their purposes largely. And this is something AEW people have said already. They have a lot of talent. They have a lot of really good wrestlers. 
they don't have a lot of wrestlers who are very good at wrestling on TV yet, because that is actually a skill to make sure you're always facing the right camera, to make sure you're doing, to make sure you're doing things so that the camera catches it. You know, that it's, it's one thing to wrestle on the indies where there's no cameras or there's a fixed cam and there isn't a whole lot of other stuff going on. And so dark and elevation to me seemed, seemed to be when I was watching them earlier this week, they seemed to exist largely to, to work on that, to get people in and over rampage and dynamite seem like polished, really solid TV, no last minute booking changes. It seems like there's actually people who know what they're doing and not fucking Vince McMahon, uh, just, doing stuff that makes him laugh yeah and no one no one got covered with dog food in this episode okay yeah you don't and you know that's something that i really respect about aew is that the creative control is in the hands of the wrestler because they're treated as the artists that they are that they are there to tell a story and to convey you know the emotions of that story and and move that along with the wrestling and that's really the focus and by putting that creative control in the hands of the wrestlers you get you get that amazing product and i you know not to say that there aren't other people working and and making that happen but it's very different than the model over in wwe and the way the wrestlers are treated they're just treated like like people and not these disposable commodities that are trapped in these absolutely horrible contracts without benefits who are constantly having to work constantly get injured I mean, they have, you know, for me too, there's, there's an element in it of like justice and equity where the wrestlers in AEW are getting paid fairly and they're getting time off and they're getting benefits and they're, so they, they are part of the, of the company at every level and have a say and are treated like they're worth something and because they are they're they're people they're and they because of that that all works together and creates just this like like what i say this consistent magic that that happens week after week in in their shows and it's it's really, I think it's probably rare in the entertainment world in general that people who are on TV can get that level of input in the final product, but it pays off because they, they make amazing stuff. So let's put aside for a moment our comparison of AEW and WWE and our constant praising of AEW and our bashing of <laughs> WWE. Um, let's put that aside for a moment. I want to talk about two really important things in Punk's promo, and then I want to talk about the rest of the show. Um, yeah. The, the, the first thing that really hit me in his promo that I thought was wonderful when he's talking about um, mental and emotional health mm. and talking about he couldn't get well in a place that was making him sick. 
And I think that contributes to, not to backtrack on what I just said about not continuing to bash WWE, <laughs> I think that contributes to why he's back. It took him seven years to really kind of pull himself out of the misery that's caused by, and you go, you go listen to Colt Cabana's Art of Wrestling podcast for all the details. We're not going to recount those here. But they were not good details. Mm-hmm. There was not a lot good to say about you know CM Punk's time in in WWE for the way that he was treated. And so when he comes out, and the second thing that, that I want to talk about is it's uh, okay. Um, we praised AEW. I want to critique AEW just a little bit. I'm getting a little tired of Sting and Darby Allen and the Raptors. <laughs> okay, you. I, I know that a lot of people and both on the AEW side and the TNT production side love old school WCW. You don't want to keep calling back to that. It's going to get old soon. And for me, it's already old. I I think that Sting and Darby Allin as a parent have, have been better than I thought they would be. But I think we can just dial that back a little bit. And I don't think that we need to have Darby Allen do all the things that his that his uh, his his father, because it's funny <laughs> Sting as a father figure. Because I think he's better than that. I think he's better than just being Sting clone. And at least he hasn't started doing Sting's moves. So at least he's still doing his own very very good, very interesting move set. And Punk saying that. He he was explaining to people that he gets why people were upset that he left, but that he wants to work with young talent and that he's got scores to settle. Who do you want to see him settle a score with? <laughs> oh, there's so and there's so much good content in what you just said. I don't I go for I, it. I, I wanna so I wanna your spicy take on um <laughs> Sting and Darby Allen. Um one of the things that that comes to mind when I when I think about that and when I think about AEW in general that I really really love and as another reason that I really respect uh, the company is it's so intergenerational in such a good healthy way of these wrestlers who are legends like Sting working with really young wrestlers and then you have so you've got the boomer generation you've got gen x jericho christian and you have millennial i don't even know maybe there's i guess technically there's some gen z wrestlers in there too because they have some people that are really really young and i love it like i know that that isn't specific to what you're saying about sting and darby allen but it's just what came to mind is that I love that dynamic of how people get sort of like paired up or tripled up or, you, you know, get, get associated with uh, wrestlers of different ages. I think and... the dynamic is great. I want them to come down from the rafter from the rafters. <laughs> but they're like, they're like bats. They're up there. Like, <laughs> but there was a period of, of time in WCW where Sting was just in the rafters for like a freaking year. <laughs> and at this point it's a meme. And, and I'm kind of like, yeah, you don't want to be, you don't want to be trolled. <laughs> yeah. And so 
only concern. I think they've used him incredibly well. I think that pairing him with Allen is great because Allen is already great and Sting's only going to make him greater. Yeah. But I think the more important thing is like Punk talking about the emotional and physical health. Yes. And getting yeah. well. Yeah. And that's that definitely stood out to me because his his history aside, it seems like a lot of wrestlers who have and again i know we don't want to make comparisons but who have left another company have left with some symptoms of abuse of being in a really abusive uh, extremely hierarchical work environment and i think about john moxley's podcast with jerica with uh oh maybe it was with jericho i'm trying to think of who it was but he talked about what he talked about he sounded traumatized by some of what he was saying and by some of what he was what he went through and cm punk i believe went through the same types of experiences across the board and really did need to try to find something else and and tried to to put that energy into other projects but ultimately now he he's ready to be back and and be in the wrestling world again and hopefully tonight was a really good healing experience for him and also i think it's really important that with the number of people that were watching and the number of people that were there that he did talk about mental health and and wellness so openly and just so immediately Uh, and i don't know what will come out of out of that but i imagine it will be some more good stuff all right so let's transition to the three matches that were on the show first up was a semifinal in the uh tag team eliminator tournament to see who's going to face the bucks at all out and we had jurassic express versus private party and here we have two teams and AEW's commitment to tag team wrestling they've been attacked they've both been tag teams since they've been in AEW starting in 2019 or in 2021 they haven't been broken up yet that's amazing <laughs> that's that's amazing it's it's like wow, take your tag team division seriously and people will really like it because tag team wrestling is awesome. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jurassic Express comes out with Marco Stunt and I kind of, it's my first time seeing Marco Stunt live and I'm just, I, I kind of worry about him. I, I understand he is a professional wrestler too, but wow, is he tiny. Um, he is the same height as me. <laughs> no, you're six feet tall. I've, I've been oh, in your presence. Oh, oh wait, wait. <laughs> sure sure yeah that's right we're, we're, we're identical twins <laughs> you're I mean, right you're right you're right <laughs> this, is, this is the long-running joke that's been going on for 12 years <laughs> oh it's not done yet i'm um, i'm i am an amazon <laughs> and and a former street fighter so that's that's true so um but matt hardy's pairing with pirate party i've been watching this because i 
I do pay attention to AEW. I just don't watch it. But Matt Hardy's pairing with Private Party has been really, really interesting. And I think that again, this is one you're talking about about the intergenerational stuff. Yes. That Hart, that Hardy working with Private Party has made them better because I do have a, I do have another gripe about AEW, and it happened in this match. While I think this is a good match, I'm a little annoyed that they don't really follow tag rules and it kind of gets a little wild and i really think think that um aubrey edwards who was refing this match should have stepped in multiple times and gotten order because i thought i think the craziness went on a little too much yeah you know i have said similar things before and the the tag team style there really is more similar to like something you would see in new japan than in you know some other wrestling formats and i definitely know what you're talking about and it it can be fun and exciting but it does take the psychology out of it yes yeah i i definitely agree with that and at the same time this was still a really quality match um jungle boy looks fantastic he looks short compared to luchasaurus but then he gets in there uh starting out with isaiah casti and he's about the same height as isaiah casti so you just start to realize how big luchasaurus actually is and then they work over jungle boy appropriately keeping him from getting the tag then he gets the tag then stuff starts going downhill as both teams kind of ignore the rules what was <laughs> fantastic was Casty's Canadian Destroyer on the Jungle Boy off of Luchasaurus's shoulders. They were trying mm. to set up for they're, they're trying to set up for a superplex off of Luchasaurus's shoulders. Casty prevented that and then did that really fantastic looking Canadian Destroyer, and you bought it. You bought it completely, and it looked like Private Party was going to win. Of course, they didn't win because. It's Rampage. It's only an hour. And so we get Jurassic Express that closes the match out and a really good, solid tag team match that was taken seriously. You never felt insulted. Everything made sense, even if they didn't follow the rules all the time. Yes. Thoughts? Yeah, you know, I... I don't have really strong opinions about this match either way because I kind you know I knew that it was really going to be Jurassic Express <laughs> that took it and I'm kind of interested to see I, I'm kind of actually more invested in who they are going who Jurassic Express is going to face in the Eliminator and so yeah I don't have I, I think that that you have done it justice. <laughs> I think that you saw a private partner, not private party. You saw Lucha Brothers, and you saw Varsity Blondes, yes. um, in at ringside. And I think I think it's probably got to be the Lucha Brothers. Yeah, I and think I, so too. I don't think Varsity Blondes is ready to be a legitimate contender for the Bucks. So I think that Lucha Brothers and Jungle Express are. And so I think that's what we'll see next week on Rampage. We'll see Lucha Brothers versus Jungle Express, and either of them could go over. Yeah, and you know, that's an interesting part of it, too, is that they both have reasons 
that would play into a good story for why they're going after the young bucks and so boy i don't know of the two of them i'm i'm not sure and i i kind of want a cage match because it's going to be a cage match at all out i i lean towards lucha brothers yeah i could definitely i could definitely see that because of the type of match but i do think even if that's the case that we're going to then see Jurassic Express come after whoever ends up with the belts, um, yeah. if if that is how it plays out. It, I, I think it's going to play out great either way, because I think that either way you're going to get Jungle Express versus Lucha Brothers, or you're going to get Jungle Express versus Varsity Blondes next week, and I think it'll be fun. I want to move yeah. on to the next match, if we don't have any more strong feelings about this match. Mm. And another criticism that has been given to AEW is that when it was formed, they talked about how much they the women's division mattered to them, and lots of commentators have commented on just how little time the women get. Now, some of that's been explained. Chris Statlander said in an interview that it's, that it's because of the reasons I talked about with Dark and Elevation is that a lot of the women aren't ready to wrestle on TV yet because they've never been there. They haven't been through that particular issue. So we get Jade Cargill versus Kira Hogan. And the first thing that stands out to me is we'll get to Jade Cargill in a moment because she looks amazing. She looks like she should be at the top of any any heap of women's wrestlers just from a, a physical bodybuilder standpoint. But on Kira Hogan, when they did her little uh, blurb in, in with her nameplate on the screen, it mentioned her titles and impact as a tag team competitor. They actually yeah. put another company on the screen. Oh yeah, they work with they work I know. with other companies. Oh, I, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, just uh, remember, before I was watching SmackDown, where they can't admit that, where they can't admit that yes. that, that that Tegan Knox has a full name, or that Shotzi Blackheart has a full name because they reduced it to Shotzi and Knox. You know, two of the best. Two of the best women's wrestlers, again, in the world, working in a, a really good tag team, but doing this kind of ridiculous, we, we drive a tank to the ring gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. The girl with the shiniest wizard is now the passenger in a, in a, in a toy tank. Mm. It, now, it, it, yeah, go ahead. I know I, I know you want to go somewhere with this, but I have to ask you, can mm-hmm. can you believe what a short amount of time Jay Cargill has been wrestling? No. Um I, I, Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> she's comparable to Bianca Belair, who came in as a fantastic athlete and moved up and up and up faster and faster and faster. Uh the, the the tools, the talent. This was a squash match. It always needed to be a squash match. And Jade Cargill looks like a million bucks. And she moves fluidly in the ring. She she knows how to take and how to give. And Kira Hogan is coming in as a jobber for this, but she's a consummate pro and she makes Jade Cargill look like a million bucks. And you never believe at any point in time this is anything other 
than cargo coming in and just squashing her. And another thing that I like about this was the use of the manager, uh, whose name I'm blanking on. Yes, Smart Mark Sterling. Yes, Mar- her- Smart Mark Sterling. And- he is he is her lawyer, not her manager. So he is her legal representation. <laughs> she's her own manager because she's that bitch. <laughs> yes. And I think that the use of this is really kind of really kind of good because she looks very much in charge. She doesn't need anyone in her corner. And yet at the same time, Mark Sterling's presence actually adds to her match. Um, yeah. Because managers do that because they're part, the important part of the storytelling. And so Hogan was never winning this. Kira Hogan was never winning this. And it was a good, solid squash match. And everyone looked fantastic. Hogan is supposed to lose this. She's a foot shorter than Jade Cargill. <laughs> At least <laughs> she's, she looked She's it. impressive. She's impressive, though. She is. In her, she in is. her own right, for sure. She is absolutely impressive. And she is someone that you can see why she's a tag team specialist. Because she'd work really well in a big, small tag team. Um, and she'd work really well in in a singles match against someone closer to her size. But Jade Cargill looked like a monster, walked like a monster, and ate Kira Hogan like a monster in about two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and it was great. It was it was absolutely great. It was a well booked squash match. And then yeah. we get on to oh go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say it's believable. It's a squash <laughs> match that's believable. So that's all that's all I wanted to add. <laughs> yeah. And then we get on to my favorite surprise and the thing that I'm loving the most right now about AEW, and that is the cast-off, formerly known as Everrise Tag Team, who are now going by 2.0, spelled ridiculously, 2-P-O-I-N-T-O. And they're pumping up Danny Garcia. The This tag team is such a good heat magnet. They know how to work a crowd. They know how to get a crowd hating them perfect they're wonderful and they were never used effectively uh they were used as effectively as they could have been used in nxt but they were they they got cut just as they were beginning to build momentum just as they were beginning to do stuff because you know nick khan not related to tony khan is like "Eh, we're not going to use these guys we don't care about tag team wrestling (laughs) gone throw them out along with tyler breeze and fandango because yeah that made sense yeah it's like, yeah, but these guys are so good on the mic. They're so good with their presentation. They're so good at making everyone hate them. And they do it while being French-Canadian and not leaning into stupid French-Canadian stereotypes. <laughs> yes. At, at no point did they do a, Qu- a Quebecers or La Resistance or Mountie BS crap from the 80s or 90s. Uh in order to in order to gain heat they gain heat just by being good heels and they accompany they accompany um garcia out to the out to the ring and then i have not seen john moxley's entrance uh before now and john moxley entering to wild thing vince i know you don't like to pay money for music but this is why you pay money for music <laughs> oh and tony khan will yeah, <laughs> he's gonna keep doing it. <laughs> and and so John Moxley enters through the crowd to Wild Thing with Eddie Kingston. Shame Eddie Kingston doesn't get to talk on this show because yes. I've watched his promos; he's great. And Moxley 
gets a good eight-minute beating in on Garcia, who does get some good legwork and joint work. Moxley puts over his submission ability. Garcia looks good. Moxley looks super strong, like he's ready to re-enter the main event scene. And then probably my only real downer for the show was the close. After Moxley beats uh, uh, Garcia, uh, 2.0 attacks Moxley and Kingston. And with Garcia, they got the advantage, three and two. And then out comes Sting and Darby Allen. Why? Because they fought on Wednesday. So now the heels are underdogs, three v four. This is not good. Yeah, I'm not sure where that is going. And that's not the two that I maybe would have thought of to come out. So it's like there's so many good opportunities to make here, but Darby Allen and Sting need to be building their program with punk. They don't need to come out here. You've got any number of other talent and it should only be one. It shouldn't be two. Because the baby faces should be fighting from underneath, even in a beatdown. Pick someone that you want to push in this moment to to side them with Kingston and Moxie, who are hot as hell, mm-hmm. who are who are over the the fucking moon, and bring somebody in who can get the rub off of them. Sting and Darby Allen don't need it. You know the roster. Who should they have sent out? Oh, wow, that's a good question. I don't, I really, I'm really not sure. I, because like I said, I thought, why, you know, what, what's up with Darby coming out? But at the same time, I didn't have a set expectation for someone else. And if I think about it, you know, there, there are a few people that I could see coming out, but maybe they're, the storyline doesn't quite add up for why they would be doing that. You know who the audience wanted to come out? Well, yeah. They wanted to see Punk come out, which would have made it sense. Would, it would have made sense, and then it would have popped the crowd. And here's how this should have been booked. So this is Anne. This is Anne rebooking the way you should have done it. Okay. Punk comes out alone. He he uh, pulls one of the 2.0 guys off of Kingston, and then turns and grabs uh, Garcia as Garcia's as Garcia's getting up and going on Moxley. He snaps Garcia up, hits the GTS. Garcia rolls out. The 2.0 guys roll out. Just one GTS from Punk is all you needed. You didn't need you need a whole brawl. One GTS. Moxie stands up. He is one of the guys CM Punk has unfinished business with. Yeah. Moxie gets in Punk's face. And they stare down for a while. And then, after about a good 10 seconds, and you're you're thinking. And Kingston's trying to trying to back Moxley off. Moxley's ready to keep going. 
just make it very clear. Moxie doesn't like punk. And then Darby Allen's music hits and Darby and Sting just walk out on the stage and stand there and end the show like that. Yeah. I, that makes sense. And that whether it was, whether it would be punk coming out or not, but I, as the, I think it makes sense. I agree that at the end it should, you know, well, it has to be punk, but have Darby come out last shot. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure why they didn't do that, but I think it might have destroyed the building <laughs> if <laughs> if Punk had come back out. <laughs> it might have destroyed the building and sent everyone home happy. People would have been buying t-shirts <laughs> on their way out the door. It's a business, after all. I mean, yes, destroy capitalism. I am a trans girl, but still. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but they had to get their ice cream. I mean, yeah. if everyone's in, if <laughs> if everyone has lost their minds over CM Punk coming back out, how do you get everyone to leave, like logistically? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's where that's that's where you have Eddie Kingston um, cut a promo by himself in the ring at the end of the night after the cameras go off. Yeah, because well, Kingston Kingston's really good at sending people home. Yeah, he's he is very good at that. So I I don't know. I thought this was a great episode of TV. I thought they did almost everything perfectly, almost everything the way it should have been done. My only real gripe is the end. Because I think that it didn't make sense for Sting and Darby Allen to come out. I know they wrestled 2.0 on uh, on Wednesday, but Sting and Darby Allen should be above 2.0 and a mid-card tag team feud. They shouldn't, yeah. they shouldn't be interested in that because they've just been challenged by CM Punk. But to go back to the beginning of this episode, didn't you want Sting and Darby Allen to come down from the rafters? <laughs> I did. And I it told took... you how I wanted them to do it. Okay, but it took them the whole hour to get down there. They got they went they went down there as fast as they could, but they were at the very top. Okay, so now I've just retconned this whole thing. So now it makes sense because they <laughs> they had to make their way through a gigantic building and a huge crowd. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm fine with it. I'm I'm I still think the show ends well. I just think the show ends better if it's not Darby and Sting coming to yeah. save Kingston and Mox, and if it's Punk, because you get that you get that score to settle, which yes. was teased, which was teased there, and then Darby Allen and Sting are above this this dumb brawl, yeah, because Allen's on his quest to be best in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I totally agree. I I think that that would have been really brilliant, a really great end. Tony, IRS were like, like willing to work. <laughs> I would love to work with Tony Khan. <laughs> I mean, I once I once booked booked Heath Slater to win the Royal Rumble, and it was good. <sighs> it It'll never great. happen. It would have been. It would have been. It'd be the best thing. It would have been the best thing. It would have been a fluke Royal Rumble. It's like when Santino was the last guy in the Royal Rumble, and they should have absolutely had him win. Yeah. So, all right. 
Um, this was an experimental episode. We don't know if this is going to turn into a real show or not. It might. The tentatively titled uh, Anne and Emily Wrestley a po- Wrestle a Podcast. <laughs> it's uh, beautiful. It is. I kind of want to get Dustin on this. I kind of want to get Dills on this because I think that there's a lot to have fun with and a lot to talk about. Um, I'm going to go make a, a, a feed and, and throw this up there. Yeah. <laughs> and see what we can do. And, and just like, if this is a thing, I don't know if I'm going to be watching AEW regularly. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not watching even NXT and NXT UK, which I really love. You know, Mako Satamora's is in freaking NXT UK. Yeah. It's it's the best thing. It's the best. It's just the best thing. Um, I am watching SummerSlam tomorrow, but not live. I'll watch it after I, I record a show tomorrow because we're doing episode sixty nine of Q for Fun tomorrow. That's an important episode. It is. We have two guests, and it's going to get very explicit. <laughs> um. <laughs> And on Sunday, I will be watching TakeOver 36 because Cole O'Reilly, two out of three falls, is going to be fantastic. Um, it just is. So is uh, Ilya Dragunov versus Walter 2. Uh, mm. not, not that sold on the rest of the card, but those two matches are going to be worthwhile. So, And this might actually turn into a thing. We've talked and talked and talked about this, and we'll have to find a time to record when Dustin can show up. Yeah, he works right now. He works Friday through Monday nights. Mm. And bef- and before that, he was working Thursday through Sunday nights. Mm. Um, and yeah, so he, his schedule is a lot to deal with. Um, but, you know. I'm sure he would enjoy it if we could figure out a time that what and he doesn't get a lunch break. I would really enjoy it because it would give me a chance to talk to two of my favorite people in the world on a weekly basis. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fan freaking tastic. All right. So we're gonna close this first episode, which is definitely gonna get thrown up on a feed. I might I might have to wait till tomorrow to do it. I might do it while I'm working my other jobs. Um but as we're closing out, Emily, do you have a tagline to give the uh, to give the to give our uh, our fledgling little impromptu? We decided to do a wrestling podcast. Oh my gosh! I wish I did. <laughs> we'll have to work on that for episode I'll two. I'll have to work on that because I've been I've been awake since like six thirty in the morning. So <laughs> I know the feeling. Oh, it's wrestling, baby! That's my tagline. <laughs> the stupidest thing I can think of. And wrestling should be stupid in just the right kind of way. Because it is. It is silly. It is silly and good silliness is is welcome. Silliness that insults your intelligence is not. We'll we'll, we'll chat with you guys later. And thank you for listening. Thanks. Bye.